Blog Talk Radio. Live from the Talk Radio 49 studios in Little Rock, Arkansas, it's Bad Brad Hicks, Money Mike Carnahan, and of course, the pretty boy, Sean Castleberry. It's your weekly look at humorous top headlines and current events. It's the American Idiot Show. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. It's the American Idiot Show back on the air on our normal night, Monday night. And uh, we've had a hell of, hell of a, like, five fucking days here in this country, Sean. We've got a lot to talk about. Not everything we're going to talk about tonight is Black Lives Matter, COVID-19, the protests, all that stuff. We're going to get into a few other things. But my God, five five days, and it already feels like it's been a fucking month again, Sean, since the last time we were on the air. Like, oh my God. Yeah, it's only been like five days, right? Yeah, we were on the air last Wednesday because of uh, some scheduling issues we had. Uh, of course, uh, you know, now we're back on our normal night, Monday's night, so definitely happy to be back, but my goodness, I, I mean, it's been, there's been so much that has happened over the past five days, and Sean, really, I want to begin the conversation with last Friday and the presidential press conference in which... Donald J. Trump, not only did he fucking move the press corps' chairs and arrange them in a way that they were not socially distancing, so automatically right off top, the dude is acting like a complete piece of shit, complete piece of shit, but the the man literally says the words, I believe or today is a great day for America, and I believe that George Floyd is staring down from above, and he is smiling at the job we're doing or I'm doing or whatever the fuck he said. But the motherfucker actually said that shit, Sean Castleberry. Are we officially living in idiocracy or what? Um, I, uh, I really don't know. The things that he does, I, I I don't even know how to question it. it, it none, none of it makes sense. It's 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 not quite insanity because the guy definitely has an agenda and he, and he's working a certain angle and he's trying to get things shown in a particular way from his point of view. And all he cares about is the reelection. I mean, you, you can just see that from all the posts and everything that he's talking about. Um, I mean, like this photo shoot that he did where, where they fired on the protesters to clear a path so that he could go over to a church and hold up the Bible. You know, we talked about that, you know, five days ago um, to what you just said, how he said that George Floyd is looking down from heaven saying that we're doing a great job. And he he has to know he's full of shit. He has to. He just – you know, he, he's a con man. That, I, I mean, straight, literally, simple. I, 
I'm to the point, Sean, where I'm laughing about it because it's not all cry. But the, the, the man, General fucking Mattis, came out and fucking bulldozed him. George W. Bush came out and bulldozed him. Fucking Mitt Romney was out there yesterday. Mitt fucking Romney. And I officially am so proud that I voted for that man in 2012 still. I'll, I'll be happy for that vote because that man was out there yesterday. How about that one? Of every fucking GOP senator, Mitt Romney was probably the last person I expected to be out there. Who's next? Tom fucking Cotton? Right, I don't know. It, it's insane. I mean, I mean Colin Powell. Colin Powell, I'm not surprised because I believe he kind of broke party uh, party ranks back in 2008 and voted for Obama. Correct? Uh, I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I know that George Bush has come out and said that he's going to support uh, Joe Biden, and a few other. Republicans have said that they're, you know, they're tired of all the bullshit. That they're probably going to support Joe Biden and then Colin Powell the other day, and I mean it doesn't change anything. Um, he's, he, you know, Trump has inflamed his base. He he has all the evangelicals behind him. He has all the the wackos like you know Pence behind him, and uh, you know I think they just they want to put Trump in there because. You know, they're hoping he'll die in the next four years and Pence can take over and actually try to create his theocracy that he wants. I mean, literally, though, the, the scary thing is, Sean, and I've been thinking about this. So, you know, back in the 80s, when Reagan was questioned about being a Democrat, he would always say, I didn't leave the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party left me. It is 2020, and I feel like that just happened with the Republican Party. I didn't leave the Republican Party. Some fucking crazy motherfuckers hijacked that some bitch and fucking took it someplace I will never fucking go. You know what I'm saying? I completely feel like that just happened. But, I mean, to give you some context, everybody knows how, how uh, unpopular George W. Bush was. And a lot of people remember George W. Bush. I mean, this was what? It has been officially... 13 or so years since he was president of the United States, 12 or 13 years since he was president, and he put out a statement, June 2nd, so that was roughly six days ago, he put out a statement, he says, Laura and I are anguished by the brutal suffocation of George Floyd and disturbed by the injustice and fear that suffocate our country, yet we have resisted the urge to speak out because it's not time for us to lecture, it's time for us to listen. It is time for America to examine our tragic failures, and as we do, we will also see some of the re our redeeming strengths. First things first there is we welcome in our third member of the show here tonight, Mr. Brad Hicks. Brad, how are you doing tonight? We're sitting here talking about uh, some of the statements made by 45 over the past five days. But I literally just read word for word the first paragraph of George W. Bush's statement on the 2nd of June. Uh, and literally, I, I never, number one, expected that to come out of George W. Bush's mouth. But number two, let's compare our past two Republican presidents. For as much as people gave 
George W. Bush shit for not being able to talk. Who sounds more? Who sounds more like a leader? Uh, who sounds more like somebody that is ready, that has an ability to lead a country through turbulent times such as this? And I mean, all day, every day, George W. Bush. I mean, eloquently written. I'm not so sure he could as eloquently speak it with his Texas draw, but. I mean, with that being said, fuck, George W. Bush, number one, how far has he come in the past 12 years, Sean? Well, I don't, I don't think that uh, GW's changed in any way possible. I mean, just, uh, just an interview that he did just a couple of years ago when he said that, uh, you know, I like being the president. I had a lot of power, and it was cool. You know, I mean, he's still kind of an arrogant prick, but he, he's just not as uh, he's not as so much as a loose cannon as Trump is. He he was a politician. I mean, do you think that's the scope and what we're looking through right now? Is George is looking kind of through rose-colored glasses as we compare him to Trump? I mean, you look at G-Dub since he's gotten out. You know, he's pretty much, you know, besties. We like to say he's besties with uh, former First Lady Michelle Obama at all of these uh, state functions and things that they end up going to together. And, you know, it, it just seems like George has, in his older age, whether it be comparing him to what Donald Trump is doing or what have you, but George W. Bush in 2008, I would never expect 2008 George W. Bush to ever speak out against a Republican. And now it seems like we're getting that moderate, that 2000 George W. Bush back in his mindset back into power. And I could be wrong, Brad. Do you have any idea? Is it just comparing him to what we have with 45? Or is George actually changing? Well, first of all, John, how are you doing? Good. How are you, man? I, I was doing great till uh, our uh, colleague here uh, basically brought me in as basically a dick. I am not the third member, asshole. <laughs> so, <laughs> my bad. My bad. That, I mean, Sean, that shit. hurts my heart, bro. <laughs> that hurts my heart, bro. He's like our third member. Yeah, it's me, the dick. Anyway, I'll take it though. Fuck it. Now, um, as bad as I wanna, as bad as I really wanna sit here and shit all over forty-five, it's it's because it's not hard to do. Uh, you know, I'll be openly honest. I voted for the guy um, because you know, and I had this conversation earlier. I, I voted for the guy because uh, it was the lesser of two evils, in my opinion. Um, a lot of people know me. I have a, a theory or two on the Clintons. Whether it's founded or not, that's up for debate. But, um, you know, I didn't realize that we were dealing with the scope of what 45 has become. Uh, or, or is. I shouldn't say become, but is. Uh, you know, the thing that struck me is, is, is really appalling was, is, you know, the country is in, in mourning, you know, uh, over the death of George Floyd, and this dude really is going to sit there and say that George Floyd is looking down with a fucking smile on his face because his fucking job numbers are up? Are you kidding me? (laughs) I'm like, what fucking fucking planet are you living on, dude? I mean, 
I've always he's said, living and going back. Yeah, he's fucking. Jeez, oh my god. <laughs> no, he's, he's he's living on planet Trump, where everything that he believes is a reality to himself. Hey, yeah, obviously, I mean, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, as far as George Bush goes, I don't know if if that statement that George Bush gives any vindication to those that may not like him uh, for his presidency and or what he did in his presidency. Uh, The only thing that I can say is that, you know, a lot of things were, were, were put on George Bush back in the day. Like, you know, this president never had to deal with nine 11. Um, This president never had to deal with this, this, and this. And I will say in kind of a, a real small support supportive statement to Donald Trump, you know, I don't know if how I would handle the onslaught that it appears to be. I mean, they've done scientific – not scientific studies, but they've done studies where, you know, he is the most, I guess, hated president in the in, – in that – you know, in the media, as far as news stories go, by a ton of percentage. But you know, I, I would like to honestly. I wish we had a way. I'd like to see how George W. Bush would handle the pandemic, and then probably, I guess, what would be what Sean the biggest civil rights movement in history with fifty states and eighteen countries. Uh, you know, yes. and that scrutiny that he had because. Let's be honest, and I hate defending the guy, but has did George W. Bush really get the scrutiny across the board that Donald Trump did, and how would he have handled it? I don't know. That's just that's just playing that devil's advocate side to me. I would I would well, agree I mean, to a certain extent. I think that George was like when you when you open it up to that. My counterpoint though would be: Do you really? How would you expect Donald J. Trump to have handled that election? I mean, maybe that's wrong. Maybe that's just throwing two different things. But, I mean, Sean, I, I feel like equal blame field as far as what we're doing with coronavirus and things like that. I think Trump would have handled 9-11 quite poorly. Well, I would I would agree with that, definitely. Um, uh, G.W. Bush definitely uh, has a distinction in the world as having been convicted of war crimes in several foreign countries by different war crimes uh, tribunals. So there are certain places even GW can't travel to because he's considered a war criminal because of the war on terror. Um, Trump Trump doesn't have that distinction, but if he had been there during 9-11, I mean, what a complete shit show we would have had. We probably would have – we probably would have nuked somebody and probably would be in a lot worse off than we are now. Oh, my God. I'm literally looking at Mike Pence's official Facebook page, and I'm about to tweet out this picture of what they just tweeted. It is a background. I'm going to put this on the American Idiot page. It is a picture of President Donald J. Trump standing in front of an American flag, and it says versus, and Joe Biden is standing in front of the Chinese flag. Are you fucking kidding me? No, that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, this is just a propaganda show for Trump, and he has Fox News behind him, 
uh, 100%. I mean, look at all of his supporters that are online. It's like InfoWars and Breitbart and all the conspiracy theorists. Um, no, this isn't surprising at all. They're going to try to turn Joe Biden into some kind of leftist, uh, progressive socialist uh, like Bernie Sanders, but they're not going to be able to do it. Oh, absolutely not. Honestly, we've talked about this, and when we first started, until this issue came out, until the issue with the uh, with the latest, you know, Black Lives Matter protest came out, I, I believe we also even in agreement that we possibly, unfortunately, Donald J. Trump would win another four years of the presidency. I'm not confident in that anymore. Um, I think a lot of people are seeing for the first time, and you know somebody made a good point. Obviously, this has been an issue for a very long time. And go ahead and call in if you have an opinion on this, 347-989-1171. This has been an issue for a very long time. But the, the unique thing about George Floyd is the perfect storm came together. COVID-19 happened. And really, we are a captive audience. We had no ability to turn a blind eye this time. We were shown it over and over and over again. And I believe that's why we are seeing this. People are no longer able to turn a blind eye to this. And when they see these things, now they are pissed off. Now I learn about people like Breonna Taylor, who need, who there's a couple Louisville quite a few Louisville police officers who need to um, who need to be uh, sitting behind bars right the hell now for murder. Not just, and I mean, that's honestly a situation where I could, honestly, I could say first degree murder in that case because they, they, they fucking issued a no-knock warrant. They fucking, they fucking carried it out. There was obviously planning there. There was just bad intelligence. Well, you fucked up. You should be in jail. But we're getting off the point here. I I just... I think that this is the perfect storm coming together that is going to help Joe Biden to become the 46th president of the United States. I don't, I don't think so, man. I, I don't think that that's actually going to happen. As much as I would love anyone other than Trump to be in the White House... Um, I don't think Biden has the leadership skills to do it. He's already lost two presidential elections. You know, he's ran for president twice in his career, and he lost both times. And I don't think he can pull it off a third time. I think there is no difference between Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton as far as how they are going about their election cycle right now. I mean, I I just – I think Trump's a shoe in at this point, which is fucking sad. That's certainly a very depressing thought. Uh, Brad, I mean, is there anything you say he's a shoe in, Sean? Is there a possible is there a possible somebody like uh, Lieberman, for example, was for uh, going to be for McCain? The reach across the aisle potential uh, person that he could choose as a VP to potentially maybe pull some of these Republican uh some of this Republican support off of Trump and bring it into his camp. Well, I mean you had the perfect storm in twenty sixteen. You had a presidential candidate in Donald Trump 
that said he wanted to basically drain the swamp. He wanted to get rid of all of the, you know, the leftovers and, and, and fire this thing up and, and change it. And I think that was a message that a lot of people were like, you know, and I personally could get with that. Big, you know, and I'm not a big Mike Huckabee fan, but I was very in favor of Mike Huckabee calling for term limits on both Congress and, and, the, and the Senate, and I still believe that should happen. Um, you know, I don't believe that you should be a 30-year veteran of, of, of Congress and or the Senate or anything of that nature. I think that you need to recycle uh, and, and cycle through and, and get new blood in there. But the thing about Joe Biden is, 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 is I look at these, you know, here's a guy that said 10 to 15 percent of Americans are just not very good people. And then he goes on Charlemagne the God show, and he says, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. And I look at statements like that, and being that I'm, I'm not particularly right, I'm not particularly left, I look at statements like that, and I, and I question where the, where the, the, the call-out has not been for things that he says like that. And, and as we get closer, this is, I mean, let's be honest, I think this is, this is the now, but I think that this is all going to kind of, you know, like the others, it's going to slow down a little bit. It's going to, the news cycle is going to change. The closer we get to the election, we're going to probably be focused more on the, on the politicians and not the issue, you know, the social issues, which is happens every time. It's not right. But I think that, that we're going to, there's going to be an attack on, on the things that Joe Biden has said. And uh, of course, Donald Trump is, there's not going to be anything different. He's going to continue to, to be ignorant. But I, I don't know. Like Sean said, man, I don't think Biden is, is presidential uh, material. Um, and to be honest with you, the only way that I can see that Donald Trump is not elected is you're going to have to have that Obama-type numbers from the African-American community, from the Hispanic community, um, and, and from basically from the non-white community because you're going to have to have some kind of support because right now what you're seeing is you're not seeing the Trump vote being accounted for in the polls. What you're seeing is just basically a lot of these universities that have liberal-leaning uh, professors and such and, and ideology are, are they're polling right now. But and, and I don't know if you agree with me or not, but right now you're not seeing that surge of Trump supporters uh, that's polling right now. And so that's the thing. And the only other thing you have to say is Joe Biden wants to win the presidency is he's going to have to go the complete opposite of Hillary Clinton, and he's going to have to go into the middle of the country. He's going to have to to take that middle and go to the outside because it's already been proven with the Electoral College in place. You can't just take California. You can't just take Florida, and you can't take Texas. And, and yeah, you're going to get the supreme numbers. But you're not going to get that small contingency of votes that nickel and dimes your electoral number to that magical, what is it, 270, 277? I thought something like that. 270. So Biden's going to have to, 270. Biden's going to have to take the Trump approach and try to get that, 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 that group and sway them to his side. And I just don't know if he's powerful enough, strong enough to do it. Or he's going to have to hope that these latest social inequality issues 
drive that younger African-American vote back to the polls like it did with Obama because I'm, I'm a firm believer that Obama could have put anybody up there other than you know an, a, a, a well-known uh, supremacist or anything like that and would have won the election in a landslide because that, the, the idea of having our first black president drove that, that vote that we haven't seen before in U.S. history, in my opinion. I mean, I can see, I can certainly see that. I, I mean, Sean, do you think there's anybody on, and we'll call them, we'll call them Reagan Democrats, Trump Democrats, whatever you want to call them. Do you think there's anybody on the left right now that is that is an all-star enough to possibly pull in those swing voters that could possibly swing it? Because we still don't have a VP nominee from uh, the Democrats yet. There is absolutely no leadership on the Democratic Party, none whatsoever. No one emboldens anyone. No one inspires anyone. No one has any courage to speak out and say the things that they need to say. And it's a sad day if you are a moderate to left-leaning Democrat or even a progressive. Um, I mean, people should have known from the beginning that the DNC was not going to allow uh, Bernie Sanders to be the nomination. I mean, it's just not going to happen. They they burned him out the last election cycle and put Hillary in. So, again, Joe Biden, you know, uh, the nomination, you might as well just hand it right back to Trump. You know, some people even say it's been designed this way because the, the Democrats uh, that are in Congress – they're enjoying the hell out of this because they're getting just as rich as everybody else. Well, gentlemen, I'm going to throw a quote at you that came by, and it was big news this past week. And it goes a little something like this. Trump is the first president in my lifetime who does not try to unite the American people. That, of course, from four-star General, uh, four General Mattis uh, in attacking Donald J. Trump. Now, we talked about this, you know, Donald J. Trump, George W. Bush, or excuse me, General Mattis, uh, George W. Bush, uh, Colin Powell, all sorts of individuals from the right, once again, you see this. And we did see this in 2016, the right almost condemning, or the stars of the right almost condemning Donald J. Trump. <clears throat> you still don't see anybody, you know, like uh, Marco Rubio, anybody like a... Uh, like a uh, Mitt Romney. I haven't seen anything on Mitt Romney, minus the fact that he joined the protest yesterday condemning uh, Donald J. Trump's message. But you are still seeing those right, uh, those uh, Republicans that are defecting towards the left because of this man. Uh, how much effect do you think that literally has on the electorate as a whole? Do you think it actually has an effect that somebody like General Mattis who I'm sure me and Sean, you know, can speak to how big a deal General Mattis is, but uh, does it does it translate to the general voting public? It doesn't to me. Uh, the way that I see the General Mattis issue, and, and I don't know, Sean may have a difference of opinion on this, but the way the, the only thing that I see on the Mattis situation. Is as I see a, a guy the way I see it, and, and I'm not saying he's not telling the truth, 
But, you know, of course, Trump comes out in October of 2019 and blasts him as the world's most overrated general. Uh, so to me, the way that, that I would view it is like tit for tat because, I mean, Mattis was praising some of the president's things before all the controversies uh, surrounding him resigning happened. Now, am I saying that Mattis isn't correct? I'm not saying that at all. But I think that you're going to see a, contend- a large contingency of the voting population is going to look at this and go, well, ah, here's the, the ex-wife that loved her husband when they were together. He was the greatest thing in the world, but now that they're divorced, he was a sorry, cheating piece of shit. That's the way that, that it just seems to happen. You know, I, I'm not saying it's right, but, you know, realistically, that's how that's going to be spun. And, he, and it's already being spun that way. I mean, I, I, I listen to a lot of conservative radio because that's pretty much all you can gather on, on you know, uh, terrestrial radio these days is, is conservative stations, and that's how they're spinning it. Sean, do you think there's any sort of translation that could, uh, with these high-profile uh, Republicans coming out denouncing Trump, uh, do you think there could be any sort of translation to the generic voter? I, I don't. Like, like I said, there's there, there's no one in the uh, Democratic Party that actually inspires people or motivates people to even you know grab the moderates. Or, or even the right-leaning moderates to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to go with this guy because I don't like what's going on over here. Um, the majority of the people that vote for Trump, you know, are, uh, are pro-life. And he has come out and he has said that he supports a pro-life stance. And that, that right there alone is going to convince people to vote for him. And there is a huge pro-life movement in this country and people that support that. And they don't care about all the rest. All they care about is their pro-life stance, and that's what they would vote for. So, question here. We talk about the cult of 45 and, you know, 45 and how he's kind of got these sheep that follow him and don't really pay attention. So, obviously, we talked about how he uh, used tear gas and other uh, less-than-lethal methods to uh, clear out these protesters, to be able to walk to a church to uh, show off and just hold up a Bible. Uh, all he did was hold up a Bible. He didn't go in. You know, it came out later that the pastor came on CNN, and he actually said that Trump hadn't been to church there in over six months. Um, what does this do to the Protestant movement that really is Trump's base? Obviously, this was something used to fire up his base. Hey, I'm going to be here, and I'm holding up a Bible, and I don't know why the fuck I'm holding up this Bible, but yay Bible. Um, Do you think it worked, or do you think it could possibly backfire? Because, I mean, we do talk about them really not investigating anything, and they just kind of blindly follow the leader in this case. Is this a situation where they will look and see the bigger picture of what happened and listen to the pastor or the priest who came out and said, he hasn't even been to church here in you know six seven months, and he came and did this. I, I I don't I don't appreciate this. Is basically what that church came out and said. Um, or do you think this is well, hold on a second? Going to turn a blind eye. Well, uh, first off, you have to look at the context of where he was at. That was an Episcopalian church, which is a 
uh, liturgical type service. Okay, when you're talking about uh, a, this this particular Protestant church, it's not an evangelical church. This actually is kind of like Catholic light. So most mm-hmm. evangelicals hate Episcopals. Okay? okay, just as much as they hate Catholics because of the creeds that they follow, things that they do. Um, so they they will dismiss anything as far as what the Episcopal Church says. The okay. extreme the extremist right-wing evangelicals are going to do whatever Trump says. He is Jesus to these people. He is the second coming. He is the third Messiah, and they love him. I mean, just look at your Facebook feeds here in, here in Arkansas. Check out CHB, KARK, KATV, Fox 16, and just look at the religious people that throw their support behind Trump. It is a cult. They worship the dude. It is it is fucking sick. It really is. It absolutely is. And, I mean, I think that's the scary part is that they won't look outside of the fact that, oh, here's my president holding up a Bible. Mm-hmm, that's the kind of guy I like. It, once again, I mean, we talk, we got to keep comparing him to his previous Republican counterpart. And I, I can't think of anything that G-Dub ever did that was anything like that. That was that fucking crazy. But, uh, Brad, I mean, obviously you've kind of widened your scope. You're not the traditional Trump supporter. I, do you believe that somebody like, let's say, uh, one of our mutual people that we, one of our mutual acquaintances, Dano, do you believe that he will be able to widen the scope and look and see uh, the events surrounding that picture? Or will he just see the picture and go, fuck yeah, Trump? Well, I mean, if you – I mean, we, you can follow guys on Facebook like that, and, and they have their opinion, and they're going to be behind Donald Trump uh, 100%. Um, you know, they – they. Okay, just be honest with you. Uh, you know, had a conversation this afternoon uh, mm-hmm. with Danny, and um, you know, like like I was telling him, you know, the economic plans to me kind of kind of sold me on Donald Trump because I feel like you know I feel like there's a there's a segment of the population that the Democrats go after. There's a segment of the population that the Republicans go after, and then there's everybody in the middle there. Uh, and I'm not just saying, you know, I don't, I'm not going comparative on like a on a median income average, but I'm just talking about, you know, this twenty five thousand to eight seventy five thousand dollar range here per year, where it's like, fuck me, we're on our own, you know. Uh, and so guys like that, you know. He's going to sit there and, and defend Trump and go after, you know, anybody that, 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 that opposes Trump's views. Uh, you know, like I've told him before, it's very hard to support a guy who does the shit that he does and says the shit that he says. Uh, you know, it, I understand that, you know, in 2005 he said, I'm going to grab him by the, you know, this, that, and the other. Um uh, where that's not even remotely the right thing to do or say, and you condemn that statement and that, 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 you know, 
at that point, I, you know, I gave him a pass because I was like, I mean, you know, and it's not right. This mentality is not correct, but transparency and honesty is what I'm all about here. So, it, you know, I'm going to own the shit I said it. Um, but, you know, that's, I guess, locker room talk is what they've described it as. And, and unfortunately, it does happen. So I guess as as a, as a American male, I, I kind of was like, yeah, whatever, fuck, dude, we've all said it, or at least a majority of us. I'm not saying everybody, but you know. So you look past that, but the whole, I mean, like I said in the beginning, how the fuck do you defend the fact that a guy is smiling down now that he's dead, looking at the job numbers? Who gives a shit? I don't exactly. give a shit if unemployment. I don't give a shit if, if the employment rate is plus 75. If I'm dead, there's two options whether you believe or not. The, the first option is nothing exists. You go back to nothing. It's dark shit. The other option is that you're spending eternal life in, in a place that who gives a shit what the numbers are. You don't care. So to, to be so bold and embraced about its statements is absolutely insane. But like I was saying, I'm rambling, I know, but uh, Trump, the supporters for Trump, the diehards, they're not, it doesn't matter. Unless he comes out and he says something absolutely ridiculous uh, towards them, you know, like if he made a statement about, well, I don't, I've never had an alcoholic beverage in my life, so if you're a drunk, you're a piece of shit, and he, and he acts on that, it doesn't matter, man. The, the, and that's just one example. It doesn't matter, dude. There's no, I don't think there's any way you can sway the mind of a diehard Trump supporter um, unless they're reasonable and they actually put some thought process into it. And I'm not saying that they don't, but I, I don't see it because I will tell you this. I didn't believe in any of the racial shit or the transgender shit or any of that LGBTQ um, anti-stuff, but... I can't support a guy that just keeps running his mouth like he does. It just, I can't. I mean, it's well, you know, you have to think about his base too. I mean, um, these evangelicals that, that follow him, this Trump 45, most of them believe the world is 6,000 years old and that we're living in the end times and that, the Antichrist is alive and living on this planet right now, getting ready to start the new world order. And that the COVID-19 is, is a conspiracy to get, you know, microchips put in us as the mark of the beast. I mean, th- this is his, his cult 45 evangelical base. This is what they believe. This is what they're pushing out on Facebook and Reddit and, you know, all the different social media platforms. So they can't be reasoned with. You know, scientific studies have shown time and time again, it doesn't matter how many facts that you show someone, nine times out of ten, that person's going to double down in what they believe, just just out of pure ignorance and spite. And it, that's sad. That's really fucking sad that you cannot show someone a, a, a an empirical fact to change their mind. You know, I mean, most of these people deny science, too. I mean, look at look at Pence. Mike Pence thinks the world is 6,000 years old, and he's the vice president of the United States. Come on. These are the people running our country. This shouldn't be. So, gentlemen, we promised that tonight we would give a little bit of a talk on the, uh, on the Black Lives Matter protests and things like that. Uh, definitely don't want to 
you know, uh, undercut anything, but I'm done talking well, about Well, Michael, football. Michael, before, before we Go transition, ahead. before we transition, I just, oh, Sean, I wanted you, I wanted your opinion on this here as well. Uh, I'm actually looking at, I don't know, does anybody know the Mercury News? Do we know that shit? Do we, is that legit? It doesn't sound like a legit thing. Something Mercury called the Mercury News. News. The Mercury News. Okay, this was it's an analysis by Chris. Bay Area newspaper. Okay, so this is an analysis by Chris Sil. So I, I'm gonna butcher the shit out of this. Uh, C i l l i z z a. He is a CNN editor at large. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But this is this is pretty interesting now. So. Amid the protest, let me see when this article, this article was written on June the 5th. We were talking about Biden going to the White House, and so this is interesting to me. Uh, amid the protest following the police killings of George Floyd and the ongoing fight against the coronavirus pandemic, something very important has been overlooked. President Trump is now a decided underdog to reach the 270 electoral votes he needs to win in the fall. So here's where it gets interesting. Here's a, a series of polls in swing states and not-so-swing states released Wednesday makes this reality plain. A Fox News poll in Arizona shows Biden leading Trump 46 to 42. Uh, uh, another Fox News poll in Ohio is Biden 45, Trump 43. A Fox News poll in Wisconsin, Biden 49, Trump 40. And a Winnipeg University poll in Texas had the race at 44, Biden 43. Now, here's the question. Uh, how bad are those numbers for Trump? And then he said to put a fine point on it, it's really bad. The last Democrat to win Arizona at the presidential level was Bill Clinton in 1996. In Texas, no Democrat since Carter has won. So what he's basically saying, though, and this is the interesting part here, is Trump got 306 electoral votes in his 2016 win. Now, here's the scenarios uh, and all the calculations made via 270 to win. If Trump loses Texas and wins everywhere else he won in 2016, he still loses to Joe Biden 270-268. If he loses Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin and he wins everywhere else like he did in 2016, 278-260, he loses. Arizona, Michigan, Pennsylvania wins everywhere else, he still loses 279-259. If he loses Ohio, Michigan, and Wisconsin and everywhere else that he wins in 2016, 276, 262, and if Trump loses Arizona, Ohio, and Wisconsin and wins everywhere else in 2016, he still loses 271 to 267. Well, Brad, this isn't isn't necessarily earth-shattering news, and the reason why I say that is because even back in 16 on election night, if you remember, he has a very narrow, very narrow electoral map to become victorious. But, you know, he was able to pull it out. Well, I understand that, but I think we now have a clearer picture, and I think, Sean, and I know we need to move on, but I think Sean would agree that we have a contingency. We have a contingency, a, oh, shit, what do you call it, Uh, the elephant in the room right now that we don't know that unknown, that that X factor uh, that, that, that could actually do this, and I think this is, you know, Van, Von Jones, Van Jones, uh, on CNN the night of the election, uh, at the end of the day after the analysis, he said it was white lash. I can see that to a degree, that I think that after eight years of Obama, that you could have had a potential white lash. 
and Trump was elected. But now we get to see. Now we get to see this is where the protests are fine and dandy. They're great. They're, they're awesome. But the, the most powerful thing you can do as a, as a Black Lives Matter group or a social inequality group or for social equality but, you know, rallying against the inequalities that exist is you get out on November the 3rd or 6th, whatever the hell day it is, and that, that first, was it first Tuesday of November, and you vote. You make your voice known, and you put the people that you believe can bring that change about, you put them in office. That's where we'll see how legitimate this, 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 this call for social equality is. And if you go out and the numbers are there, and you vote and you still lose, then to me it still shows that you put that effort for it. And that may be the most off-base comment that I've ever made, but, but if you let your voice be heard in November, it's the November's where we remember. We've well, had protests I mean, before. I've always said this, Brad. I think that, you know, I've always been the first person to say if you don't vote, then I don't want to hear you complaining about the situation of Countries in whenever you didn't re- you didn't uh, you didn't go ahead and exercise your right to possibly change the outcome. Obviously, here in Arkansas, you know, there's more than likely not going to be much of a change in the outcome. It's probably going to continue to be red, but still, if you go out and you vote, you never know. Yeah, you're right. I, but like, I mean, Sean, I don't know if you agreed with what I said or not. But uh, to me, November's where you remember what—that's the biggest voice that you have. Because you can rally about change all you want to, but if it's falling on deaf ears, it doesn't matter. It's just like a guy wandering through the desert and he runs into a guy with a shit ton of water and he goes, "Man, I am thirsty. I'm parched. I haven't had a drink in three days. I'm dying." Well, if this dickhead. Is a is a is is a stingy ass bastard, and he doesn't want to give you a drink of water, and he just looks at you and goes, "Sorry, I can't do it." But now, if you strong arm the dude by your vote, and he and you force the guy to give you water, then you drink. I guess it would be the analogy that I'm saying. You have the biggest weapon against for change and against change in a bad way or a good way is your vote, and it's got to be out there. That those drive the vote campaigns. That I feel like they they don't really do much. Uh, this is where they should start right now, right now, and they should be well, out there guys, going. Look, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, how do you guys feel about the mail-in ballots? I I have no problem with mail-in ballots. Uh, honestly, we do it anyway for absentee voting. Why the hell not? You just have to have it just like an absentee ballot. I believe you should have to have it postmarked by election day. How about you, Brad? I'm not opposed to the mail-in ballots. Um, and, and I say this as, as strictly straight down the middle. If you can ensure that neither a Republican or a Democrat gains an, an, an illegal advantage by doing it, I'm all for it. Just like the voting with the, with the machines, I, you, we need to we need reform on those as well. Uh, the only thing that I really am not one hundred percent sold on is the phone app, 
I'm just not sold on the phone app because I feel like that is very vulnerable to attack. And if the Russians were in collusion with Trump, uh, like they said, you know, I feel like the easiest avenue to disrupt the voting and or alter the voting would be through a phone app. Mail-in apps don't bother. I mean, yeah, mail-in uh, apps. Mail-in voting forms don't bother me because, like we said, we've done them before. Uh, you know, maybe they say, okay, if you want to vote for your mail-in, then here the form is at the post office or mail them out to everybody that's, you know, legally able to vote of age, whatever, and have them send them in before a certain time. But now there's also a caveat to that too, Sean, that, you know, the we all know that the post office is a private company, even though it's called the United States Post Office, just like the Federal Reserve is a privately owned bank. Don't agree with either one of them really, but, you know, Trump's tapped this gentleman, the head of the uh, U.S. Postal Service, so can we really trust that venue? You know what I'm saying? There, there's just it's you know there's so much shit going on right now. It's like who can you trust and what do you believe? That's well, a good it's point. interesting that you bring that up uh, because Trump is already trying to paint a narrative that mail-in voting is highly suspicious and can be manipulated very easily. He said this time and time and time again. He's also started attacking Twitter. Like mad crazy because they started fact checking him. So he's done the executive order. Basically, he wants to shut down Twitter and Facebook and Snapchat and all their ability to keep everything as unbiased as possible. He wants to be able to put his narrative out there without being fact checked at all. And if he loses, and and you know, my, my wife and I were talking about this the other night. If he loses. I believe he will Get challenge ready. it. I believe he will challenge it to the Supreme Court because Absolutely. he's going to use this as an excuse to try to stay in office. You know. Now, my wife disagrees because she says, well, he never wanted the job to begin with. It was a fluke that he got it just because people hated Hillary so much. And to a point, I do agree with her. But I think at this point, it's an ego thing. He wants to beat Biden so fucking bad that if he doesn't, he will. He will go all the way to the Supreme Court and try to try to take the election, just, just like someone well, else did back in, you know, ninety nine. Hey, yeah. Well, and I'll tell you this, Sean. I will respectfully disagree with with your wife's opinion on that, and the only reason that I say that is because I already believe that Trump is is setting up for this. And I said I don't think that Trump necessarily – I don't think that Trump – at first, uh, Trump didn't want the job. I think the moment that Trump decided he wanted the presidency, and I think the reason that he is the way he is today is that famous mic drop at the uh, White House luncheon or dinner or whatever they call it. Oh, when Barack dinner. Obama – yeah, when Barack Obama looked at Donald Trump and he said – the a difference between me and you is that I can be called a former president. I think at that point, he made it a point to win the nomination and he made it a point to be the president. And I think that he is hell bent on grabbing another four years so that he can basically go in his own head, whether he publicly produces it or not, 
I think he literally is like, you know what? I'm the president too, and I did, and I did something you you know that you were you know I know that back then Hillary was expected to win, but realistically you had you had to know that Barack Obama was going to be the president because of how historic that moment was, and I think that's when uh, Donald Trump said, "I got you, buddy. I got you. Oh, you want to talk shit? Okay, we'll see what's up." Because he already told uh, Oprah back in what. 92, 88, she asked him, what would you do if he'd win, if you ran for president? And he straight up said, I'd win. You know, that's the thing about it, though, that really is the one of the remarkable things about the dude is he just has this way about him, you know, whether you love him or hate him, you can't deny the fact that shit, he makes it happen, you know, when he sets out to do something, you know, and I'm not, that's not a, that's not a, a you know, not a, a great thing about him that I'm saying. It's just I can't say anything, you know, I can't say, well, I don't, because Donald Trump somehow seems to pull it off every single time. I would he agree. He have the uncanny ability to bullshit his way through anything. You're right about that. Now, Sean, you mentioned something earlier as we go ahead and pivot towards the uh, protests and an update on that. We got about six minutes to the top of the hour. I've actually now uh, seen the photos that you were talking about. And, Brad, I'm not sure. I just shared them to the uh, Facebook page. But it appears that this 75-year-old gentleman that was attacked by the Buffalo Police Department was merely trying to return a helmet to one of the Buffalo Riot Squad members, and he was not only pushed down for his trouble, he was also fucking concussed and left to bleed on a sidewalk. And yeah, that was some, uh, that, that, that was some bullshit. 57. 57 members of this Riot Squad have now resigned from the riot squad to fucking protest the two individuals you see in the video being suspended for their actions. Hey, Are fuck you them. fucking kidding you know, me? I, I, when you watch that video, you know, this guy, and as it turns out, this guy was actually trying to return a piece of equipment to the police. Maybe not this particular squad, but he, he had found something, and he was trying to give it back to them. And this, this asshole, you know, these two guys, they, they push him down. He hits the ground, and blood starts coming out of his ears almost immediately. Now, what's interesting is you actually see one of the guys stop. He hesitates. His humanity is sparked, and he actually starts to go to help this man. And another cop pushes him, and come on, let's go. And all of those cops walk right by that dude. No one wants to give him assistance. No one wants to help. So if that entire group resigns over this shit, fuck all of them. Fuck every one of them. Not only should they resign, honestly, I fully support them resigning. I think they should be fired from the police, uh, fucking police in general. That fucking department doesn't need them. Uh, they just resigned from the riot squad or whatever. They're still part of the police force in that in Buffalo. So uh, I think the city of Buffalo needs to go ahead and uh, take some action and go ahead and grow a set and fire these two cops. Uh, But with that being said, I mean, I I will say this. 
a a uh, conversation, I believe it was with the chief of police there in Buffalo. The gentleman said that the reason why that act occurred was because there are medics that are embedded with those groups, and the person was pushed along to allow the medics to get to hit them. I guess the medics are either in the middle or in the back of the uh, of the line whenever they're coming in. Uh, still. Still no excuse in my opinion, but that's the that's the explanation we have been given. Well, I mean, we've seen it well, for weeks now. While these protests have been going on, police have been shooting people in the face with rubber bullets. People have lost their eyes, um, you know, just driving by in their vehicles, randomly pepper spraying people. Uh, that, that, that one cop up, uh, gosh, I forget where this was at. It was way up north. Uh, I want to say towards Minneapolis, he sprayed, he, he pepper sprayed a little girl in the face, like a six-year-old girl. I uh, think that was, I mean, it's just like, yeah, I mean, th- this kind of horse shit, uh, the reason why people are protesting is because of police brutality. Why would you fucking keep brutalizing people? It makes no sense, you know? No, it doesn't. It, it makes, it, it doesn't make any sense. The only I don't even know if you could consider it an excuse or or not, but, you know, I do know that I firmly believe that there are agitators that are, are, are being placed inside these protests by both, like, Antifa groups and white nationalist groups, and I think that they're causing all the destruction and the violence to occur. Um and I'm not saying what the police are doing is right at all, you know, but kind of playing the devil's advocate on here so that it doesn't, you know, stick to the same thing. And when we have a little bit of discussion, you know, it just, it, it almost feels like sometimes that, you know, the, you know, Michael, you were claiming, you know, claiming, you were saying that, um, you know, the, the riots here in Little Rock, the riots, the protests here in Little Rock that uh, were sparked by, you know, tear gassing and, and everything else like that. You know, sometimes I wonder if, and and obviously these two shit asses here that did that to that gentleman uh, are obviously what I would call rogue assholes uh, because I don't think as a collective that that squad in you know would have wanted that to happen. You're always going to have some dickheads in the group. Or fifty-seven of them. I think you lose that argument when fifty-seven of them. Resign over the fact that they were suspended, though. I'm not saying, but yeah, but now, don't general, don't, don't, don't. Let's let's not put that. Let's not, you know, put that group under the umbrella of all police officers. I'm not saying that in in all cases. Okay, I thought you were I'm saying, saying that the Buffalo group was actually there was no, a good. No, I'm saying if you look at no, 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 no. I'm saying if you look at like in New York, Minnesota. Uh, Vegas, St. Louis, wherever they're having these these massive structure fires, and they're having these mass, you know, these people getting. I mean, St. Louis, the the seventy seven year old police uh, retired police officer, black gentleman, shot in the face for helping defend a business. I don't think that that's Black Lives Matter that's doing that. I think that that's in that's the Antifa group, which are a bunch of white pussies. And I'll say it, I, if y'all defend Antifa, that's on y'all. Uh, and 
these white nationalists who can go fuck themselves in their backwoods racist ass bitches uh, can can go fuck themselves again because I think that they're penetrating and agitating these situations and they're causing and I'm not saying that it's right but I'm saying I feel almost feel like they're creating a war zone and the police in certain areas are 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 trying to decrease the, the the opportunity for them to spread any more of their bullshit. And I think that's when, right now, and I know it would be frowned upon, but that's when these peaceful people need to find these people inside these protests. And, once they, and the first motherfucker that throws a brick through a wall, beat the shit out of that guy. Because he well, is absolutely yeah. destroying your fucking concept and your message. That's my, I mean, I know that's violent. Fuck me, but Quit fucking up the, the message that needs to be out there. Brad, we have seen videos, of, and we're about to go to break real quick, so I'll let you respond after the break. But we have seen videos where these uh, individuals are blocking cops who get, who get separated from other groups to protect them from these agitators, where there are people that are protecting businesses that are out there protesting and they go and they line the street and they protect the businesses to make sure nothing happens to make sure that the narrative doesn't go negatively but i'll let you guys respond in just a moment to that we're going to take uh we're going to take a quick commercial break we'll be right back with the second hour of the american idiots after this Each and every Thursday night, join Mr. Team Bring It and Nappy Boy as they bring you the Heels for Life podcast. A look at professional mainstream wrestling and all the headlines surrounding it for the week. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your one-stop shop source for professional wrestling news and rumors. It's the Heels for Life podcast live every Thursday night right here on Talk Radio 49. Every Monday night, join the bad guy, Brad Hicks, the money man, Michael Carnahan, and of course, the pretty boy, Sean Castleberry, as they bring you your humorous look at all current events going on in the world. It's the American Idiot Show, live on Talk Radio 49. Tuesday night, join Michael Carnahan and Lisa O'Brien for the Clear and Convincing Podcast, live on Talk Radio 49. A look at the most important cases in the country's history, not from the court of public opinion, but from the eyes of the court, every Tuesday night, live right here on Talk Radio 49.
Michael Carnahan here once again telling you it has never been easier to listen to your favorite Talk Radio 49 shows on the go. If you have iTunes, you can go ahead and subscribe at iTunes at Talk Radio 490 or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, you can go on YouTube, the American Idiots Podcast. Or you can go to the Clear and Convincing Podcast if that's more your style. We have something for everyone here at Talk Radio 49, and it's never been easier to keep up. From the Talk Radio 49 studios in Little Rock, Arkansas, it's Bad Brad Hicks, Money Mike Carnahan, and of course, the pretty boy, Sean Castleberry. It's your weekly look at humorous top headlines and current events. It's the American Idiot Show. Back in for hour number two as we are continuing our talk about the Black Lives Matter protest and giving our update. Now, Brad, before we went to break, you mentioned, you know, about the Antifa and the other antagonist groups within that are finding themselves uh, worming their way into these otherwise peaceful protests. And I uh, counterpointed that with the videos you've been seeing on Facebook and all sorts of social media where you see these uh, productive protesters that are actually, you know, for example, I've seen pictures of cops that get separated from their group that these uh, protesters will surround to try to make sure they're safe and get them back to their group. Or you see the videos of them trying to protect the business, stopping uh, individuals. Uh, I saw one of a younger uh, Caucasian gentleman throwing things through a business and uh, one of the protesters comes up and reads them the riot act for what he's doing. Uh, I mean, I, I think you see a lot more of that than uh, than you do uh, these. I, I don't think that's getting equal coverage. I guess I should say not that you see a lot more of that, but that you it's not getting as much coverage as what you see these you know antagonists getting. Well, I think. Well, well, first of all, did we do the show June the 3rd? Was that the day that we did the last one? Uh, we did it, yes, June the 3rd. Okay, sorry, I had a little production meeting inside the show, but uh, I'm working on a screen for the YouTube video. Um, but no, I, I, but I don't think that counteracts my point at all. I think that what you're seeing, these fucking fires, I mean, Sean, I don't know if you saw it or not, but uh, a gentleman that I work with uh, is a 45-year-old black man, and he showed me pictures of the uh, – do you remember the AutoZone building, Sean, that burnt to the ground? I think it was one of the first buildings that went up in flames during the just, uh, during the protests and the riots. Yes, the yeah, AutoZone so. University, I believe. Okay, well, they've got this – Fucking, they've got this guy on camera. It's a white dude, and he's got a full-on respirator, not a mask, not an N95 mask. I'm talking about a full-on respirator with the two ports like you would see in, in uh, like a painter's booth, a legit expensive respirator. And they've got him walking down the street as well, and it is a 
probably a 40-ish age white guy. And he set that building on fire, and I think that sparked this whole deal. And then as you hear the reports of uh, Antifa members moving in to these hotels all around Little Rock and and St. Louis and all these places, and then you have The Shield, which is a piece-of-shit organization in Mountain Home that's a white supremacist group. Fuck you. Uh, And I hope you're listening. I don't give a shit. But uh, straight up, I think that – I think that the message is being clouded because they're changing the narrative of these peaceful protests into a bunch of people looting and stealing. And I think to add to that point, and, and, and if you want to, if you guys want to expand upon it any, I think that you also have a group of guys and people that aren't with that, but they're the 20 ish year old uh, group that just doesn't give a shit and they ha- they see an opportunity to take advantage of the situation and go get some shit that they want from the stores. So that's where the looting comes from. I think you have a segment of the population that goes, oh, we can use it. They, I mean, they obviously don't – to me, they don't care because they're committing violence against you know themselves and, 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 and on the streets. And they see this opportunity now to go loot and get that television that they wanted or whatever they can pull out of the store. Then you have the group that's actually even more sinister in their actions is they're they're taking this great movement that Black Lives Matter, and they're taking this great movement, and they're absolutely shitting on it because they're going, well, they don't really care because – you know, they'll kill uh, a 77-year-old retired police captain or they'll shoot a cop in the back of the head. And I don't think that's the primary protesters doing that. I think it's these infiltrated groups. And I think the news is covering them. I think they're just not doing a great, good enough job, either that or or the people aren't willing to listen to what they're trying to say. Because I gather from the news every day that we have this group of people in here. You know, and, and that was one of the things that I, when when I was talking about 45 the other day, I just was like, you know, your wording is what's kicking your ass right now uh, in your statements. Yes, Antifa is, to me, is a bunch of punk-ass thugs that have no business being involved in anything because they don't go about shit the right way. They're a bunch of anarchist, uh, privileged fucks that, to me, find a way to get down here. I should say find a way. They've got money. They come down out of state. They stay up in hotels. They fuck shit up. I mean, it's 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 evident when you look at the reports on the news that you have 80-something people arrested and only fucking 12 of them live in the state. I mean, the writing's on the wall in front of if you want to see it and, and depict the, the information out and decipher what you want. I mean, it's fucking there. Sean? I uh hmm. I I would like to see empirical evidence that actually supports that Antifa is actually infiltrating the Black Lives Matter movement because I I don't see that Antifa is not an organization it doesn't have a head that you know there, there there's nobody that's you know, putting money into that. A lot of people think George Soros is behind a lot of the stuff. Antifa's an idea more than anything, and people rally behind the name 
You know, there were people, you know, during the last protests that we had that were that were following, you know, uh, going out and, and, and saying they were a part of Antifa that, that clearly were not, but they were kind of caught up in everything that, that goes along with it. And those same people now are with this Black Lives Matter movement and aren't with Antifa and, and, and are not making that claim. So, again, I, I don't think – I don't think – that's happening now are there some people that are infiltrating groups and trying to start problems yeah there are anarchists that want to do that yes but the police have historically been known to do this as well is to infiltrate infiltrate groups and to start problems to try to discredit movements and that's been going along since you know people have been protesting um I mean, hell, even uh, Victor Hugo wrote about that in Les Miserables during the French Revolution. That was happening back then when the French police were trying to stop the, the French Revolution from happening. So we, we do know that police use that as a tactic. Um, but have they caught any police doing that? No, not at this point. But, you know, they suspect that it's happening because a lot of the people starting a lot of the you know, damage and the fires and things like that happen to be white people which is really weird. Why would they be doing that if they're not Antifa or anarchists? You know, it could be, you know, it could be some cops, but again, we don't know, you know, I don't want to make that claim and say, that's exactly what it is. You know, it's just an idea of what it could be. I mean, absolutely. And I mean, that's certainly something to keep a look on. We, you know, I, we had an issue with somebody over the weekend or last weekend that we thought was actually an FBI informant, uh, and he would walk around saying weird things and trying to get information from people. But, you know, obviously no proof, so, you know, it is what it is. I, we never approached the gentleman. He was just, we just went off that he was weird. But, uh, you know, uh, going on, we still kind of have the uh, protest thoughts here. And a lot of people are saying, you know, what is the protest accomplished, things like that. Uh, the number one thing that I've seen that it's accomplished, now the Minneapolis City Council over the weekend, actually on Sunday, announced they intend to fully defund and dismantle the city's police department following the police killing of George Floyd. Now, obviously... Obviously, we uh, have a bunch of people who are worried that say, you know, what are we going to do now? So the question was uh, actually asked by Chris Cuomo to uh, Lisa Bender, the uh, president of the Minneapolis City Council. And he says, you know, what would someone still respond if not one one calls? And she says, if something is happening, there needs to be someone to call. We need to make sure every single person in our community feels safe. But we have a crisis of confidence in our police department. She says, we've looked at every reason that folks call 911. Why are people in Minneapolis calling for hope? And we're starting to pair what's the right response to those calls in the short term. That helps our police officers pro focus on the work they're trying to do. Well, we have a better response to people. We, we have a mental health crisis or a physical health crisis. Uh, I mean, it looks like they're trying to address the people that are worried about this. But, uh, Sean, how do you feel about police forces being dismantled? Um, okay, so I... I there, there's some confusion in, 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 in all of these claims being made about dismantling police. I know that they're trying to debudget the police, 
And what Which they want to do is well, well, they want they want to debudget the police. They want to cut the budgets and demilitarize the police. They want to take away all the armored vehicles, the assault weapons, different things like that. And you know what? What's kind of crazy is that you know, like since the protests have started, Minneapolis has banned chokeholds. Um, Officer Chauvin has been upgraded in his, to second-degree murder. Dallas has adopted a, the duty to intervene that says that if you're a cop and you see another cop doing something that's wrong, uh, you are required now to stop it, you know, especially in the inappropriate use of force. Um, the New Jersey Attorney General said the state will update its use of force guidelines. In Maryland, there's bipartisan work groups uh, of state lawmakers announcing police reforms. Uh, so these protests, even though there has been some violence and some property damage, um, they've brought about some pretty positive change. Um, now, again, when you're talking when you're talking about reducing police budgets or getting rid of the police altogether, I don't think you can get rid of the police. I think that's a foolhardy idea. But I, I do think you can cut budgets or redistribute budgets so you could reeducate these police. And train them and to teach them how to de-escalate situations instead of always trying to push this aggressive, assertive, you have to do what I say now or I'm going to, you know, we, we, we need to stop that. Absolutely. Well, and one thing uh, I will say is the language being used is that they definitely in Minneapolis have dismantled the police department, not defunded, but dismantled well, the police department. But with that being said, I mean, Sean, it's almost like we've talked before, you know, there's a lot of military veterans that become police officers after their careers are over. It's almost like you're going to have to completely reprogram these individuals, I will say that much, to be able to get them to where you want to be. Uh, Yeah, that's just like what they do to people that join the military. They deprogram you from being a civilian to being, you know, a soldier. Well, you know, we need to deprogram these people from being aggressive to to being, you know, assertive and to de-escalate situations instead of being the aggressor and, and escalating violence in situations. Well, if you look, though, at the larger push to defund the police, it's it's about more than taking that money away. It's actually a push to reallocate those funds into these social programs. Because uh, according to this USA Today article that talks about the defunding movement, what they're also wanting to do is to, to reinvest some of that money in, back into the black communities. And also what they're, uh, this Christy Lopez of the Washington Post had talked about was basically that they want to shrink the scope of the police responsibilities and shift most of what the government does to keep us safe to entities that are better equipped to meet that need. Um, now, uh, I don't know if they're if they're talking about. You know, I don't know who you would uh, would you hire, kind of like they've done over in Iraq and in some of these military zones where they they go out and they hire these private contractors to. Police the 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 cities. I mean, the, the, what exactly does that mean? You know, giving it to other entities that are better equipped. That that kind of I makes me you, nervous to a degree. 
I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to. I forget, Brad, exactly what uh, exactly what city it was. I want to say it was Los Angeles and Mayor Garcetti. He's taken a lot of hits on the chin. Uh, almost like Frank Scott, who's also a Democrat in the city of Little Rock. But uh, Mayor Garcetti in the city of Los Angeles, I believe, has not only pushed to move, uh, I want to say it's an astronomical number, the $185 million out of the police force. But in addition to that, he has implemented civilians being able to look, or he has mandated civilians being able to look at body cams as mandatory and an independent civilian review board to be able to monitor police activities as well. Uh, you know, it's just, I don't know. Uh, this one here, Sean, really is one of those situations where I I I, I don't know. I, I'm really at a loss as to how to handle that situation. Um, other than, you know, they say that training has done nothing but show us that law enforcement and the culture of law enforcement is incapable of changing. Uh, and, and you hear statements like that, and I'm not sure that that – that's necessarily correct in the aspect of if you put 300 people on a specific job and five of them consistently fuck up, does that, I know it does reflect on as a whole, but, but, and I know that, that did you say that, Okay, those two hundred ninety five if they know they're fucking up and they don't say anything, they're just as fucked up as, as the as the bad cops. I get that. But I, I just look at it as, you know, you've got uh I don't know, Michael, if you were old enough to remember and Sean, I, I know you, you're you're older than I am, so you got if you but if you remembered or not. But you know, do those assholes in Texas that drug the African American behind their pickup truck uh, you know, in that very heinous crime, does that reflect on myself, you, or Michael because of what they did? It shouldn't because I think in all situations it's an individual's decision to to do what he's done. You know, I watched a, a, a video. I finally got to see the video of the actual scene of the crime, and I call it the scene of the crime because I think that George Floyd was murdered. And I saw where they put him in the vehicle, and then Dickhead pulls him out the other side. <clears throat> now, I know that he fell down initially going into the vehicle, and he puts up a little bit of resistance going into the vehicle because he's claustrophobic. I'm fucking claustrophobic. And police cars don't give you much room in the back seat. Then they're done that. Um, and so if he's, if he's fruiting out a little bit, you know, what I saw didn't warrant what he got period, point blank, but I'm trying to figure out why asshole opened the door and pulls him out the other side. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's his decision. That shouldn't reflect on the police as a whole because I've seen too many police officers doing good things. I've seen the Coral Gables police kneeling and praying with their African-American brother and sisters, as they say. They've kneeled. They've apologized. 
So I think that, that... But at the same time, Brad, in a lot of cases, and I don't know if you've seen this or done any investigating in those videos, but in a lot of cases, an hour later, they're the ones that are firing the tear gas and the rubber bullets at the same protesters they just showed camaraderie with. I, I can understand that point to a degree, but if, if I could play devil's advocate without getting torched here... Uh, do they are they did they just open fire on them or did somehow that I guess that cell activate itself I guess is the best way to say it and there and then you just have that you know what I'm saying I don't shit I don't know how to illustrate that really um, I understand what you're saying Were, was there an action that provoked the response. And not I will say, from the peaceful people. Not from the right. peaceful people. Let me put that out there. I mean, because I guess the only logical thing that I could expl- explain to it, and Sean, your opinion would be greatly appreciated, but if if we're all gathered in a group of, and we're having a conversation and, and we're protesting something, the fact that you have a small penis, whatever, I don't know why we'd be protesting that. Sounds great. Uh, if somebody jumps in... <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to bring a little levity to this whole thing, but uh, no, I haven't laughed in a while. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I mean, I would be at that protest because I have a small penis too and I'm pissed off about it, but we won't go there either. Um, <laughs> but let's say somebody comes in and they're like uh, you know, we're, we're all having this powwow. We're 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 doing the genitalia dance. We're having a fucking great time, and and all of a sudden, here comes asshole A, who's worked his way in there, and he finally goes, "Fuck this shit!" and he grabs a brick and he starts tossing that motherfucker. Now, I, I feel like at that point, you know, if there's enough of them, how do you how do you, you know what I'm saying? How do you in the heat of the moment, and I think that's what I, I, I try to wrap my mind around when I think about this, is I, I look at how shitty it looks. But I also look at those moments that I've been in. Michael, I don't know if you've been in them. I guess maybe I guess the best comparative notion is in wrestling. You know, when you have your spot, and that's your spot. You know what your spot is. And nobody listens to our show that listens to wrestling, so fuck kayfabe. Um, but you have that spot. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and I've done it. I've been out there many a times, and the shit's broke down, and you have to ad-lib. You know what I'm saying? In that heat of the moment, sometimes you make the right decision, sometimes you make the, uh, a bad decision, but you have to act on the variables that are presented to you in a split second's time to, to stop what could escalate into a bigger picture. I'm not, that's, not a, you know, that's not condoning their right. actions. That's just, just saying, so I think, you know, these... I, I think, Brad, my biggest problem with that would be the firing. And once again, I can only speak for what I witnessed here in Little Rock. But the firing upon the medical tent. And then also, if you know that this person's out here breaking windows, go arrest the person breaking windows. That doesn't mean fire upon the people that are sitting there kneeling or sitting silently on the Capitol steps. I mean, Sean, I don't know if you have a differing opinion on that. Uh, Brad, obviously, go ahead and move on. I mean, I can't 
Sean, I'm sure I don't know you may you may be able to. I can't respond to the medical tent situation because the only the only sides that I've heard it from are those in favor of the protest. And I'm not saying that I'm not, but right. I like to formulate an opinion based on the fours and the against and take take the bullshit out of it because you can tell what's bullshit and what's not bullshit. Really, you know, I can right. to a degree. Right. And so I want to hear what's for and I want to hear what's against. I, if I hear one side, you know, and in a heated moment like that, because, you know, let's be honest, you know, your – I mean, Sean, maybe you maybe you've seen it too, but like when Michael went down to the protest and I'm reading his Facebook post, I'm like, oh, the fucker got hacked. Because I've never heard that dialogue from Michael. You know what I'm saying? I've never seen that. Right. That that, that right. passion. And so I know that in especially in the heated moment, you know, you may not you may unintentionally miss something or not seen something. And so right. it's hard for me to make a comment on a situation uh, and that is completely 100% accurate because I, I just haven't seen the news story on it. And I haven't, uh, you know, all I've seen are those that were down there that were a part right. of that movement that already had that passion. So, Right. True. Well, no, you're, you're right about that. And, and what people should realize is that violence is a tool. Violence is a tool that can be used by anyone. Now, normally, those that use the violence are the ones that get discredited, okay? So take, for example, Gandhi. You know, way back in the day, it was 1948, I believe, and he started his peaceful, nonviolent protests. He knew that the British government were going to murder some people. He knew that people would die, but he told them and taught them, do not fight back. Peaceful protests. Now, this is before the Internet. I mean, this is in the 1940s. He was able to inspire an entire nation as big as India, okay, to actually go on strike, and he toppled the entire British Empire. One man did this. Michael, quit working out, you fat bastard. I can't hear myself think, okay? Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Violence, again, is a, is a tool that, that is used by people uh, to discredit other groups. So the police, like I said before, have used it by infiltrating groups and starting violence. Other people have in, you know, antagonized the police to create violence coming at them. So you know, for one thing that is universal, though, is you know, the, the medical tent situation that Michael brought up. Generally, under any rules of war – you leave medical personnel alone. You know, Michael and I know this because we both serve in the military. It's part of the Geneva Convention. You see that Red Cross. You see that Red Crescent. You don't fuck with those people because they're there to help people. And they're even willing to help the police or the protesters. So for Which them is to something that them we attack actually, them. That's something we actually said Sunday night was even police, if we're going to fly that Red Cross, even if police come, we have to help them. And I completely agreed with that statement. I apologize, Sean. Continue. No, no, I mean, that, that was about all I was going to say, is that, that we know that you shouldn't fire upon medical personnel in any given situation. It happens in war, but it definitely shouldn't happen during a protest. That's just ridiculous. And the fact that that happened, I have to say that I do understand why you would have been so you know, enraged at the, at the moment and passionate about that. 
because you understand the rules of engagement in warfare. Absolutely. And I mean, that's the thing, you know, as somebody responded back, well, how many protesters are following the Geneva Convention? It doesn't matter. Your police, in my opinion, uh, we don't expect that ISIS and the people that we are currently fighting in the Middle East, we don't expect them to follow, uh, follow, uh, you know, the Geneva Convention and all that. You know, we would hope that they would, but we don't expect them to. It's because the people in police and people in military being held to a higher regard, in my opinion. Maybe that's just a veteran in me. But that, who, right. somebody actually responded, who's following the Geneva Convention? Somebody Fucking responded and said that? Following the Geneva Convention. Well, let me let me answer that real quick. Let's be honest. The Geneva Convention is fucking retarded to me, and I've never understood it. Maybe you guys as military can understand it, but to me it's war. And, I, I mean, I've never I, I've never associated a playbook with war. But, uh, you know, you don't fire on a fucking medical tent. Even the Geneva Convention, whatever fucking rules you do, the, the, the medics are, are supposed to be a neutral – unbiased group of people that are there to help anybody and everybody that needs assistance, especially in a protest, because, you know, whether you're there for the Black Lives Matter movement, once you assume that medical role, like you said, you have to, you have to just be there for the group as a whole. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, God damn. I'm well, a lot of people don't understand what the Geneva Convention is. And the Geneva Convention uh, rules of engagement were created because, you know, people used to use flamethrowers inside bunkers to burn people to death in war. And that's just inhumane because yeah. it takes a long time for people to die that way. Um, if you shoot somebody with a particular type of bullet and it rips through them and kills them, you know, fairly quickly – well, then that's a more humane way to die. Uh, another rule of engagement, paratroopers. Uh, when paratroopers come out of a plane, they're extremely vulnerable when they're in the air. And according to the rules of the Geneva Convention, no one should fire upon a paratrooper. But you can shoot their equipment. Right. You know, that's, and, that's the caveat right there. As soon as they, 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 they where they come active. Right, right. Um, so they're... Basically, the rules of engagement in the, in the Geneva Convention, are, they're supposed to stop atrocities from happening so that honor is kept on the field of battle. So, you know, two men, two men are facing each other. They can kill each other with honor, and it's not just genocide. It's not just people raping, you know, women in a village and, and all the atrocities of war that happen. You know, they're ground rules for basically saying you should follow these or else you're a war criminal. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's, you know, like you said, Sean, I think that may be the veteran in us. But, I mean, the atrocity that you fire upon a medical tent is what really, that that will always stick with me, is the fact that we were held to such a high regard. Why would the governor of the state of Arkansas, and I'm putting it squarely on his lap, 
why would the government governor of the state of Arkansas authorize such action and such use of force? Because, and the reason why I put it on his lap is because literally the police came up to us Sunday and said, if you are medical, you must, you must identify yourself as medical. And you can't, you know, go on and move forward if you want to identify yourself as medical. That's perfectly fine. But why would the governor ask us to identify ourselves and then do something like that? Hey, Michael, whatever you're doing, stop doing that. I have no clue what I'm doing, Matt. I have no clue what I'm doing. I'm literally just sitting here. Okay, just there was a whole bunch of background noise. Oh, I apologize. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I would have to – you literally, the buck stopped somewhere. Obviously, we blame Trump enough on this show, so now Asa Hutchinson is going to get some of this. And Asa, this one falls squarely in your lap because it was the National Guard and the state police acting under your direction. Yet again. I mean, I'd like – I'd like to make a comment about it, but not fully getting the full scope of what occurred. You know, I, I feel like that it would be disinformation for me to really speak upon it. Um, other than, you know, the state police, I can almost understand him involving the state police to a degree. Uh, but as far as their actions go without really knowing the full realm of the, of what occurred, uh, you know, I, I will, for the betterment of the conversation, I'm just going to have to respectfully, you know, until I can find out a little bit more range of what actually occurred, you know, I just feel like it'd be a, a disservice to our listening audience for me to make an opinion on it, you know? Right. And that's respectable. I can understand that, but, uh, I mean, I just some of the things that that man authorized over the past week is it, it bothers me. Uh, I mean, the, the group there's things that he did though that, that that I can understand. So I'll take for example, um, I'll take for example the fact that when the uh, when the protests moved to the governor's mansion, I noticed very quickly that there was a, a strong police presence within those gates. And just like the President of the United States, the governor is the highest elected official in the state of Arkansas. It's their job to keep him protected at all times. So I can understand something like that. But Hey, hold on a second. Every, everyone knows the highest elected official in the state of Arkansas is the coach of the football team of the Arkansas <laughs> Razor X. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's true. Well, now I can say this. I will say this as far as as far as the police presence at the governor's mansion. Um, I don't necessarily have an, an issue with that on the on the idea of the governor of Arkansas is you know all all joking aside, you know he's one of the you know one of the highest you know, the highest political officials in the state. And, right, and, and they have said that there was a credible source that said there were, you know, threats made towards uh, high-ranking political figures. Uh, and 
with what has been seen in the past, whether it's the agitator, I, I say whether, in my opinion, the agitators, when you have a when you have a peaceful protest going on, you know, I don't think I don't, maybe you do, but it's not hard to infiltrate that 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 movement and and then set up your own personal agenda. Let's be honest, a single man uh, acted a, with in accordance with another friend and blew up a fucking uh, federal building in Oklahoma City. You know what I'm saying? Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Assuming you believe the government narrative, you know, and I'm not here to get into conspiracy theories because I know that there don't believe that. But according to the government's official record, one single man killed President Kennedy. So, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not attacking the police presence. I'm agreeing with that. I understand that part. Well, no, and I mean, but, you know, like I said – you know, like I was saying, you know, and if you believe the narrative that's being out there that 20 hijackers uh, that were on a list actually learned how to fly airplanes uh, in on U.S. soil just to attack the American people back in 9-11. So it, it would not be hard in a very unorganized, uncontrollable situation as a protest can be with that many people down there doing the right thing for this sale of people to come in and get away with shit. And, you know, there's no metal detectors down there. So who knows what they could have had on them, you know? I mean, I feel like if you don't, you know, there's so many of you. I mean, I could carry my pistol down there right now. And if I don't bump into a cop, you know, and especially in a heated moment like that, they're not going to be as willing to go after you as the local police department. State police don't give a shit. Uh they, uh, you know, you could do anything. Uh, take a shot. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, the police presence to me is, is understandable, and I can definitely see where they could get away with a lot more shit in an environment like that, and it just it's sad to me that that takes away from what's actually going on. And by the way, I actually, before the show even ended, have you the YouTube screen for this one, so I'm fucking here of the game, Sean. What's you going are. on here? You are. Nice. But hopefully we'll we will have that this one up tomorrow night on uh, on YouTube. I don't believe I'll be able to get them both up, but I am working right now on rendering last week's episode for the YouTube. Michael, I absolutely love how you say YouTube like my grandmother. YouTube? <laughs> no, you're just like we're gonna have Stop. it up on the YouTube. Oh on my the goodness. YouTube. <laughs> You know what? We'll, we'll just follow the YouTube. God damn. But, uh, hey, I wanted to ask both of you guys what you guys think of uh, J.K. Rowling and the controversy oh, uh, going around her right now. Do you guys know anything about that? So yes, I've tweeted. Story, I haven't seen the tweet. Um, I mean. Do I necessarily think you should knock somebody for whatever they want to be? No, but mm, I also don't think that. I don't know. I'm 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 in a weird place on that one. Well, we get it, you know what 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 she has tweeted, uh, and, and and this has been going on for a little over a year on on Twitter. Um, she holds a pro radical feminist view. That women are women. 
that men cannot be women biologically, scientifically. And that's, that's all that she stated. Now, she's been called a turf, a terrorist, uh, a whoremonger. Uh, people have said they're going to burn her books. And she's like, oh, please don't, because every time you do, you, you know, uh, I, I forgot what she said. But it, it was funny because I was following her on Twitter, and she said something dumb about her, you know, book universe, about how, like, trolls die or some shit. But uh, anyway, um, even Daniel Radcliffe, who plays Harry Potter, came out against her today. And he actually said trans women are real women. And, uh, you know, to me, uh, I'm a feminist and, and I'm pro-woman. Um, I, I've always supported the LGB community, always. You know, uh, even when I served in the military, I served with a lot of lesbians and gays and, you know, supported them 100%. The whole trans issue, I never gave a shit about uh, until the whole bathroom bill thing came along, and I was a little conflicted when this first happened. You guys may remember that uh, when when we were doing American Idiots a couple of years ago, and uh, you know, I, I've come to I've come to the realization, looking at the scientific scientific evidence and the data, that you know J.K. Rowling's right in this situation that you know men cannot be women. It just can't happen. Now, if they want to pretend and call themselves trans, then that's cool. I don't care. doesn't bother me. Do whatever the fuck you want that way. But don't try to say that you're a real woman because you're erasing womanhood at that point. And I applaud J.K. Rowling for taking that stand. Now, a lot of people think that, that you know, conservatives have taken over you know, liberal politics by doing this. And no, it's not. It's just scientific reality. That's all it is. I mean, Sean, here's my thing on that, that whole take is, and, and, and for a while, you know, I have been to, uh, uh, I mean, Michael's, we did, we did some, back when I was affiliated with that organization, we did shows at, at, a, at a bar in Hot Springs. I won't mention the name, uh, but, and then Michael, if you want to mention the name, you're more than welcome to. Uh, but it was, you know, it was run i mean our our organization was booked by an openly gay individual and you know his uh roommate and ex was a was a drag queen and there were uh several at that bar show that we did they promoted drag queen li- the lifestyle and they you know there was a couple of transgenders down there um but i think the 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 issue that i have with it is that you know, I don't believe that that you should be judged just because you don't want to accept something. If 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 I don't accept the whole transgender movement, if I don't accept the homosexuality movement, that but I don't go out of my way to slow its progress for those that do enjoy and, and live that lifestyle, I don't consider myself a bad person because I don't feel like I feel like at that point, you're infringing upon my right to have my opinion, just like you have your right to have your opinion. You don't go around saying, well, it's bad that you and a woman made out in public. I don't give a shit. If you want to play tongue hockey with your boyfriend in in the public square, go for it. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. But I don't have to, you know, and I shouldn't say accept it, so I don't want to sound like an asshole, but... You know, if I don't agree with it, does that make me a bad person? I don't go out here and rally against it. I just personally, I leave right. it to myself, and I say, I don't agree with this. 
And I don't have to fucking and, and agree that, with it. Just like. Right. Again, no, no, I don't no, know. I get, Michael I get, I get exactly what you're saying. No, I, I get exactly what you're saying. You know, for many years, I was a conservative. And, you know, I actually went out and left Arkansas and I saw a little bit of the world and I got to see what the real world was like. And it changed me. It changed my attitude. It changed my opinion about things. So I had to see the evidence for myself. Sadly, a lot of people will never do that. The evidence could be laid out right in front of them, and they will never change their opinion. And that's, that's their issue. That's, that's cool. But, you know, as long as you're not intentionally doing anything to harm someone else, cool. Keep it to yourself. You know, that's all I say, you know. Um, if you feel strongly enough about it that you feel that you actually have to say something, you know, okay, cool. But expect a rebuttal, you know, if that does happen. You know, uh, there's a lot of things about the conservative movement that, you know, I do agree with, 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 with some things still. Um, but I'm definitely not a conservative. Just some of the things that some of the conservatives do, and I am saying this, you know, very lightly, some of the conservatives do. I do agree with some of the things that they, they say or do, um, but not all of them. Not all conservatives are bad people. Not all liberals are bad people. There are good people on both sides, and that's what we have to remember. Just our ideologies are different. Well, Sean, I think you you mentioned something right there that I kind of want to touch on, and I think you kind of used some language that I wouldn't necessarily use. You know, I've always said back when uh, President Obama was in office, I always said there's President Obama the politician and President Obama the man. I disagree fundamentally with some of the stuff that President Obama, the politician, did, but I think that President Obama, the human being, is a great man, and I think that there's a big difference. I think that I think that uh, I think that the people can't separate the human being from the political party. Uh, for example, Mitt Romney. You know, we laughed earlier about. Um, about how he, you know, was one of the last people we expected to see out there with uh, BLM. But sure enough, you know, yesterday he was out there with them. Whether it be just a political statement or what have you, you know, maybe maybe we are taking it a little bit too far judging these individuals. Obviously, we're not taking it too far judging Donald Trump because he's just a cocksucker, but, you know. <laughs> But see, but now see, Michael. But see that—that's what I'm talking about. See, like, and, and this is this is not attacking you, but just that you brought up a, you, that statement you just made right there. I didn't think anything about it. I'm sure Sean didn't make any, say anything about it. But that's you, Sean. Fucking. But I'm saying that's how fucking quickly, and I think that's where this this there's. I think what you just said identified the major issue that we have in this country right now is that you used the word cocksucker. You called him a cocksucker. And we're talking about LGBTQ. So now if there are any of that persuasion and that orientation that are listening, they're going to be like, well, hey, motherfucker. You know, now you've, you know what I'm saying? I didn't see it that way. So, I mean, do you understand what I'm trying to see what I'm saying, Sean? That's where people no, just no, make statements I mean, every day, and and people get offended so, by them, and and, yeah. and you know and, and 
No, I could see where you're coming from because somebody's going to be like, ew, he said he cocksucker. But you know the majority of people out there are going to be like, if you don't like sucking cock, that's your problem. Well, yeah. I, mean, I, know, Mike, I, I know Michael <laughs> Michael feels that way. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, Louis C.K. has a great – I know that he's weird, but he has a great bit about sucking penis. I mean, it's fucking hilarious. It's like <laughs> – he's like, I got nothing wrong with sucking cock. He said, and I've – just haven't seen a cock that I've wanted to suck yet. I've seen like 23 cocks. And he goes, is that too many? You know what I mean? I think we lose. I think we lose a lot of everything is so charged, you know, to today's society that we've lost that human element that we've had. Of, uh, you know what I'm saying? Everything is, is always dissected. And I think, and I think that's an issue with both sides. You know, the the, the African American community will say something, and here comes the you know the mud pit, you know, thirty three inch rim dude coming out, some bit, blah, blah, blah. and then they'll say something, and then this group of oh, I can't believe he said that, blah, blah, blah. and it's like, why? Come on, you know, we've just we've lost all sense of person. Being purse, purse, oh shit, the fucking word, but you know, I'm just, it's like everything is dissected now to a point, and, and it's easy, Sean, if you tweeted something, I'm sure that I could go through there, and if I took the time enough to do it, I could flip that around and make it look shitty, and, and, and there would be a group of people that would go with it. Not uh, to mention, oh, as far yeah, as uh, absolutely. Uh, gentlemen, I, I forgot that we, we're, we're kind of winding down here. We got about seven minutes left to the top of the hour and we go off live. So real quick, before we hop off, I do want to ask you guys about this. Uh, did you see Arkansas is number one in something amongst all states? Did you guys see that news today? Is that watching gay porn? No, it is not watching gay porn. In your trailer. Watching gay porn in your trailer. Fucking number one. (laughs) Yeah. When I saw that on your computer screen, it really made me think that, Michael. (laughs) Shame on all of us. Anyway, we are number one. We had the highest jump in COVID-19 cases over the past 48 hours. We have now had 2,000-plus positive cases since uh, the weekend began. And, of course, you know you hear certain people coming out and, oh, it's all the protest's fault. We've... We we told y'all it was the protests. Shame on y'all. Shame on y'all. Not realizing, you know, it takes two weeks for the motherfucker to incubate. But moving on, uh, what do you guys attribute this uh, jump in two thousand cases to? If it isn't the protest, I should say. Well, I, I, I real quick, my opinion of it is is that it, it doesn't shock me. I think the only thing that we've done, if you believe that we truly, and I do, so don't take that statement as a conspiracy theory statement, but I believe there's a pandemic going around. And I think the thing about it is, is that we've forgotten about it. We've relaxed our, uh, you know, our, we've, we've started phasing in the opening of businesses. We've relaxed our social distance standards. Uh, I'm not going to say that, that, uh, you know, groups of people that have, have gathered other places haven't come over here at some point, and maybe a little bit of a spike. I'm not saying that's the full regard, but you take the whole realm of everything together, 
It's not that this shit has gone away. It's just that it's gone. The news cycle has changed over the last couple of weeks with George Floyd's murder that that we've just kind of forgotten about it. And everybody, the summer's here, and everybody's like, fuck me, I'm ready to go. You know, we've been cooped up. We've had Joe Exotic. You know, that was, let's not forget. Let's talk about how bored we were. The fucking Tiger right? King was leading the goddamn uh, streaming service forever. Which, by the way, has some great fucking lines in it, okay? Sorry. Yeah, it does. It does. It some absolutely I mean, fantastic lines. Do, Can I just say this? Can I really say that? Have you seen, uh, Sean, have you watched Tiger King? Yes, have, I absolutely love the Tiger God King. Damn God damn it. Look, I'm just going to tell both of y'all right now and anybody listening, if any of you motherfuckers get up at my funeral, if you show up, and you get up at my funeral, and anybody says I put my balls on somebody's face, I'm coming out of that casket and kicking the fuck out of somebody. You're going to see Dude, it's, it's the whole resurrection. I'm going to tell them. No, it's fucking hot. I'm telling. I'll, I'll tell everyone how you put your balls everywhere. Everywhere. Sean, are you going to sing a song right afterwards? Ah. I sure will, because oh, yeah. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I mean, when he said that, I went. I mean, he said that in front of dude's mom, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, he said, I contact with his mom, Sean, when you say that. Yeah. Well, and well, I can't, right? By the way, I can't even go to fucking Wendy's anymore. Motherfucker. Joe Exotic. You mean when these nuts me. are bouncing off your chin? No, I'm, I'm talking about the fact that I can't order nuggets anymore because that motherfucker in Oklahoma fucked them up for me by saying they were like his golden nuggets. You motherfucker. I like chicken nuggets, and I can't do it anymore because of your fucking ass, motherfucker. Yeah, that, 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 that happened chips, to me when I was watching Honey Boo Boo, and Honey Boo Boo's <laughs> you know, horrifically fat mom said that her boyfriend called her vagina – a Hardy's biscuit. Hardy's oh, was ruined yeah. forever for me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, let me tell you this. Hey, Sean, you saying that, Michael's quote after you said that, I know he's getting ready to say it is, I may not go down in history, but I'll go down on you, girl. <laughs> no, no, sir. <laughs> what I was really about to say, what's the history book show? I thought I read somewhere that that chick isn't fat anymore. I thought she like got some sort of surgery or some shit. What? Or was that meth? Do that to you. No, meth will do that to you. Oh, true, true. Dude, tigers and meth will make a straight new day. That's what I learned from that show. Did you really? Did she? Oh my god, dude! I was gonna go get some biscuits and gravy in the morning, but that's not happening now. God damn it, Sean! Fuck. <laughs> Ugh. By the way, by the way, I know that 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 uh, I will say one thing, and I put it a video out on Facebook, and then all this stuff happened. But I'm pissed off at the chip company for real. That is bullshit. By the way, Sean. Yeah, we still haven't that? talked about that yet. That pissed me off. Here's this big ass bag of chips, dude. I'm like, oh my god, this looks amazing. And you open it up, and and it's kind of like. I guess it would be like sleeping with Michael. As soon as he unzips his pants, you're like, fuck. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> I 
Virgin. You're like, I'm remember. ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. You know, because Michael, look, Michael's famous hit online, and she's like, girl, when I take these pants down, it's going to look like a baby's arm holding an apple. And then, <laughs> and then it's like, um, well, shit. <laughs> we should have started the show with this bit right here. Oh, y'all are going to hell. I mean, ain't no such plane, I mean, are, Michael. Are we not doing? We're doing. We're doing two hours of hell right now. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, apparently, I get brought right. onto the show as the third member. Fuck that. That's right. You're the dick. Can, can I just call from now on? Can we change the promo? I want to be known as Biscuit Brad Hicks. Fuck it, dude. I'm a third oh member. Oh my anywhere. god! I will. I will hook you up. I will, I will make a Biscuit Brad Hicks. Who fucking All right, oh. if you make Biscuit Brad Hicks, then you are Baby Dick Michael Carnahan. <laughs> no, he is the Ken doll, because once you pull his pants down, flat solid. Fuck it. Oh, that hurts. Oh, my God. That hurts my heart. Oh, yo, we a, yo, we got about a minute left. Somebody go ahead and get us out of here. Hey, Michael, I do have one question before we leave. You do realize in Arkansas that you are safe from divorce as, as, as being, you know, unendowed because that's not a reasonable group. So you ain't got to worry about that from Haley at all. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Lord. Who wants to wrap But I will tell you this. Whoa. First of all, please choose your wording after certain subjects, please, because I'm not wrapping shit up after this conversation we've had. Terrible. Sean, I, I I'll give you the honor, Sean, because I'm gonna I'm the third member, so I'm, I've pretty much shot my load at this point. Okay, okay. So uh, for the American idiots, for Baby Dick Michael Kernahan, for Biscuit Brad Hicks, and myself, the Pretty Boy Sean Castleberry, we will see you next Monday night on the American Idiots podcast. Thanks a lot. Fuck you, Sean. <laughs> <laughs>